This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. Good afternoon, everybody. It's 12.05 on Friday. Friday! <laughs> on the 17th of February, you're listening to Enterprise here on BFM 89.9 with me, Lily Chai, and of course... Me, Rich Bradbury. Okay, what are we talking about today? It is a very fun topic, I would say, uh, for a Friday. Uh, it's... Is ChatGPT a teaching tool or an enemy? Because professors, uh, they have been always split about using tech innovations in classrooms, right? Uh, but technology is always evolving and it will never stop evolving. Uh, and now with ChatGPT in place, should teachers, professors adapt or resist? And how can they combat plagiarisms, right? issues like that among students who love the technology. So we mm-hmm. will be speaking to Professor uh, Cheng Yi Lin, who is an affiliate professor of strategy at INSEAD to learn more about this. But we do want to ask you a question, right? Do you think students, be it your children or you yourself who are a student doing your degree or your MBA or your PhD whatsoever, do you think students should use ChatGPT in schools or university? Oh. Hmm. So if you have any thoughts on this, you can reach us on WhatsApp 018-789-8899. You can also tweet us at BFM Radio. Okay, so um, let's take a look at um, the history and the big debate uh, amongst you know teachers, academics uh, in, in the past. There's always been this fear of tech in one way or another, yeah. right? Uh, first of all, they were concerned that, you know, we watched too much TV <laughs> and that will cause damage. Uh, but it turns out that, you know, if we watch too much uh, TV, screen time is going to be a problem. Yep. It was concluded afterward, though. That it's not about screen time, but about the content and the engagement. Then there's the issue of uh, social media and how it affects moods and well-being. And as always, the debate is balance, right? Mm. So the gains and losses of technology in the end are not really about the technology and not really about the software. It's about who are the people using it and how are they using it, Yeah. right? So uh, it's about all these two things, right? It's not really about the technology itself. So that pretty much paints a picture as to why ChatGPT is causing a stir right now in the, that education field. Okay, so um, what role does ChatGPT have in education or could have in education? So what ChatGPT does is it scrapes information from the web, or it did, and can mm. source almost anything that has ever been published up until the year 2021. I'm sure some of you have already heard this, but just for those of you that haven't, Um, And it does this very, very quickly. Uh, What is interesting and different is the response it provides to a question is that it it can almost mimic human language, uh, which is very easy to digest as well. It's a conversation mode, so to speak. Now, with that, it'll be easier for teachers to create lesson plans and make uh, time to focus on things like improving classroom interaction. The worry is, though, is that how the students will be and whether they're going to be over-reliant on this technology. Mm. It's about, you know, critical thinking. They wouldn't have that. You remember when we were doing maths or like writing essays back in high school? Uh We had to think right at the spot. Like, I I didn't like that to be put on the spot because I don't have the time to think. But I guess that kind of allows me to think right now easily and faster with my own brain. You know what I mean? You sweet summer child. So here's the thing, right? And I've had this debate and discussion so often. Mm-hmm. When I... 
I'm not trying to put people, you know, in, in a box. But when I sit with younger people often mm-hmm. and I ask them a question, uh, the first thing they do is, is pick up their phone and they, they Google, Google the answer, yeah. you know. Um, and it's almost like they, they don't want to sit and think about the answer. Not everybody. Mm. I'm, I'm not, you know, saying everybody is the same. But, you know, it, it, it has become a thing. What kind of questions do you ask? Anything, like, you know. What is, uh, what is the... Let's say, for example, who, who is the band that made that album in that particular year oh. or that movie from that particular year or, you know, who wrote that book, right, who's the author right, right. or whatever. And it becomes an immediate, I'm Googling that. Mm. You know, take five minutes to think. Part of the fun of it is thinking about the answer, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess... Mm, I, I don't know how to feel about that because I feel um, the convenience is there, right? When but you, you don't always have to be right. Correct. Right? You know. Um, I guess we have come to a state where we are not, we are afraid to be wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, because your peers on social media judge you. <laughs> <laughs> and my colleague right here judges <laughs> <We'll> judge me. <laughs> <you. Yeah. laughs> All right, um, let's... Put, um, come back to you know what universities have been doing, and I find this really interesting because many of them have tested ChatGPT on exams. Yeah, and uh, this uh, experiment was done last month. So a group of University of Minnesota Law School uh, instructors and professors. They gave ChatGPT for exams alongside with real law students. So mm. the professors wanted to test out basically how ChatGPT might be used to help students cheat and help teachers in teaching. So guess how well ChatGPT did in the exams? I, I'd imagine it did pretty well. I, I'm, not, I, I'm guessing it probably didn't get an A, but mm. I'm guessing it was... A fairly average student. A B-ish? Yeah, I mean, maybe a B, yeah. No. No? <laughs> it got a C-plus average. Oh, well, it's a pass, though. And a low but pa- passing grade in uh, in those few subjects. But when it came to writing essays, right, mm. cases, legal principles, they're fine, they're great. But when it came to providing deeper analysis, which uh, these are like the skill sets that a lawyer needs, it How to failed. argue, you mean? Yeah, how yeah. to argue, how to analyze the case, right? Mm-hmm. It did pretty bad and it pretty much failed in that area. And that was law. But when it came to writing codes for statistics, graphs, chat GPT did very well. Mm. So because of this, some schools have banned using chat GPT, but some schools as well, they encourage the use of that tool. Uh, just to think about this mm. and, and to not Google, why <laughs> why do you think it did so well in, in stuff like statistics uh, and code versus something like law? What, what do you think might have been the difference? Uh, I guess law is more uh, humane. Mm-hmm. It has uh, the human touch that every – because every individual is different. Every case is different. Yep. It's pretty much – it's pretty difficult to say like a bot can just – uh, argue for someone, let's say, in the B40 category about a criminal case uh, uh, committing, let's say, uh, a theft crime, right? As compared to a person of you know a wealthier background and committing the exact same thing. Mm. Like, how do you go around uh, the legal system to argue for them? Those, Although the cases and legal principles are the same, but how do you help have that human touch when you're... Uh, when you're arguing in court, like that is the skill set that Let's put it in a nutshell then. <laughs> Despite what people think, lawyers have emotions. Correct. Right? And yes. ChatGPT does not have emotion and, and, and can't even correct. pretend to have an emotion because it's not living. Yeah, and statistics and graphs, they are numbers, right? Those are... 
facts. Things that computers can generate yeah. and calculate yeah. immediately, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Now. Let's play a game, shall we? <laughs> sure. I mean, it's Friday. I'm up for that. What are we doing? <laughs> okay. Um, I guess let's um, ask ChatGPT to help generate some lesson plans. Okay. Does that sound nice? <laughs> um, so I'm going to tell it to imagine that it's a teacher and, and to make a lesson plan about economics for a four-year-old. Mm, okay, so we've got a couple nice. of minutes. Right, it says, uh, this is actual text generated from ChatGPT. I'll read some of it. Um, it says, sure, I'll be happy to help you create a lesson plan about economics for four-year-olds. Here's an example of a possible lesson plan. Uh, the topic is introduction to money. The objective is by the end of the lesson, the students will be able to recognize different types of coins and bills and understand that money is used to buy things. So the materials you'll need, uh, toy money, uh, picture cards of different items for sale, a cash register, which is optional, whiteboard, and markers. Uh, So it tells me then that for the introduction, which should be about five minutes, you greet the students, introduce the topic of money, ask them if they know what money is and what it's used for, show them some toy money and uh, ask if they recognize it, ask them if they know the differences between coins and bills and what they're called. Then it moves on to activity number one, Mm. which is uh, coin and bill recognition for about 10 minutes. So it's telling me to spread out the money on the floor, showing the students... uh, Uh, picture cards of different items for sale and asking them to choose the coins or bills that they would use to pay for each item and then encourage the students to name the coins and the bills as they use them. Uh, Activity number two, buying and selling. So it tells us to uh, set up a pretend store with the pictures, uh, picture cards and uh, the toy money. Mm. It then asks the students to uh, take turns uh, being the storekeeper uh, and the customer, (laughs) uh, showing the potential customers, you know, uh, what they can be buying. Then the customer should use the right coins uh, to buy them from the storekeeper, uh, and it says to use the cash registry if you've got one to help the students count the money. Right. So it says in the conclusion, review what the students learned about money and its issues, ask them if they have any questions or if there's anything they'd like to learn more about in the future. Interesting thing at the bottom, though, it, there's a little note. <laughs> it says it's important to keep in mind that four-year-olds have a short attention span, uh, so it's best to keep the activities short and engaging. Uh, you can also use lots of visual aids and props to help them understand the concepts better. I really like that, to be honest, because I used to work as a kindergarten teacher, if you didn't know uh-huh, already. Right. I remember spending so much time alongside with the teachers as well, cracking our heads over on like having activities with them Mm. we spend them planning across days but after so much planning we still failed to engage the kids and I guess with uh, technology like that it would help us save so much time Mm. to know Mm. like okay what will not work in the process Mm. and how do we navigate through that and I guess for teachers it would be super helpful but for students, right? You can get immediate answers. Is that what we really want for students? Right, right. right. Mm. I, I think you're right in, in the fact that it can generate something which can get a conversation started or a, a lesson plan started. Correct. And then you can spin off and do it right. in your own style mm. or whatever without taxing your brain. But then again, you're not thinking about the lesson plan. You know, mm. you're getting somebody else or something else to generate it for you. Does that take away from what you're doing as a teacher, do you mm. think, though? I Yes, because uh, we talked about this. Uh, ChatGPT generates answers that are existing already in yeah. th- on the internet. Yeah. That kind of mm, makes us, I guess, uh, sluggish when it comes to innovative ideas mm. to teach, you know, economic. Mm. for kids so I guess that it's a 
give and take situation. Mm. Okay. Right. So uh, we are discussing you. Uh, we are asking you. Uh, do you think students, uh, your children, or you yourself, uh, who are studying, probably, um, do you think students should use ChatGPT in schools? Reach us on WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine, or you can tweet us at BFM Radio. Later, uh, we will be speaking to Professor Cheng Yilin, who is an affiliate professor of strategy at INSEAD, to talk all about this. So do stay tuned here on BFM 89.9. Begin fun moments. BFM 89.9, the business station. Good afternoon, everybody. You're listening to Enterprise Biz Bites with me, Lily Chai, and me, Rich Bradbury. We're talking about is ChatGPT a teaching tool or an enemy because professors and university uh lecturers, they have been quite split about using tech innovations in the classroom because of uh, issues like plagiarism. Uh, so should professors and teachers adapt or resist ChatGPT? So we are here with Professor Cheng Yi Lin, who is an affiliate professor of strategy at INSEAD to learn more about this. Uh, but we do have a question for you. Do you think students should use ChatGPT in schools? You can WhatsApp us at 018-789-8899 or you can also tweet us at BFM Radio. Even if they're not using it in schools, they're going to be using it to do homework. Yeah. Right? Mm. Anyway, yeah, <laughs> that's our thoughts. <laughs> but yes, uh, do send in your thoughts and share your thoughts with us. Uh, welcome to the show, Professor, uh, professor Lin. Uh, so we have heard that, you know, professors, they are loving chat GPT because it helps them a lot when it comes to coming up with teaching plans uh, and grading as well. So tell us more about how educators are benefiting from chat GPT. Yes, certainly uh, ChatGPT is a new technology coming into um, the higher education space. And then very similar to when we had the Zoom a few years ago, when we had online education a few years ago, uh, there's there broadly three camps, as you could imagine. Some of us are, are quite uh, excited about this new opportunity. So there are multiple votes. One is this could be used as a way to generate different examples, right, uh, in a very efficient way. So we can actually have multiple different ideas in trying to understand how would um, a student might sort of be able to answer some of the questions. And you can also use this to do some sort of checking, right? You can uh, run uh, the answers through ChatGPT and then sort of check uh, for potential errors, et cetera, uh, that could serve a form of uh, teaching assistant. Um, I think in general, we're quite excited um, about this being a complement to what we are doing as professors. And the second camp naturally goes into uh, the other option um, of a potential technology adoption, which is replacement. <laughs> it's going to be substitute to some of the exams, substitute to some of the teaching, and some uh, do have concerns uh, around those. And I think uh, a lot of us are also observing, right? Observing both how the technology evolve and how the adoption evolve. And then we were trying to figure out uh, the right time and right way to engage with this new technology. Mm -hmm. But nonetheless, I, I could say within the higher education, within a corporate world, uh, I think we're equally excited. Okay, uh, so, so let's flip the coin then. What are the benefits that students can get out of uh, chat GPT? So as we evolve from grade school all the way to higher education, the weightage, the balance between the two components of knowledge transfer actually changes over time. So if you remember in the grade schools and elementary schools, we emphasize a lot around the knowledge itself. 
<laughs> one plus one equals two. Uh, surface area of the triangle is half of the the length times the the height. So a lot of these becomes what we deliver through education is remembering those. Facts and knowledges, and that is very critical because it sets the foundation of our knowledge base. But a second part of the knowledge transfer is something we tend to, over time,、um, kind of forget. But it's actually becoming increasingly important as we evolve from grade school, elementary school to high school to college and to higher education. Is the way of thinking? Is how do we learn how to learn, and how do we learn how to think? Um, I think that becomes very, very important over time.、Uh, but sometimes, because of the knowledge exposure, we tend to sort of undermine that. So, so we started by learning math and then learning physics, and then later on, we're learning Python and programming. So we forget actually a part of what we do is, is how to learn.、Uh, now, what is happening before with online education? Now, we chat a GPT is they actually use these as a tool to facilitate self learning. Right, similar to what I explained for educators, student now can use ChatGPT to generate different answers and different write different、mm-hmm. essays and create different things from different angles for them to learn both the structure of writing to is、uh, getting new knowledge and try to generate and evaluate the different ideas.、Uh, so this becomes a very important self-learning tool,、right. both for the knowledge itself and on how to write a, a, a logical essay.、Uh, but students also need to be very careful <laughs> because. Simply getting the knowledge doesn't mean you understand it, and therefore, there pushes. It can push the students to develop more on critical thinking around logical reasoning. That becomes what we want from a higher education. Right, but you know, I know you've got thoughts on that. We'll come back to that in a minute. <laughs> but the biggest problem, I guess, for teachers is that students will use ChatGPT to do their assignments,、uh, their homework, and even sometimes their exams when they have bring home exams, right? So,、uh, how rampant is this phenomenon or this situation now among students? Plagiarism has always been there in education in general. So that comes to the third part of education: is we do serve as a validation function, right? So when people get a certification, when people get a degree, that degree means something,、um, and that helps the employees to understand the quality of their new hires, and also help the students gain confidence, gain that work on, on what they can do with their job. Um, the really interesting thing, I think, it's we are getting to a different era of education because of the democratization and access of knowledge become more ubiquitous to the students, and therefore it is more important for both the student and educator to come back to ask ourselves, what are we doing with the higher education?、Um, and this is something that, starting from college all the way to higher education, the students learn the most. Um, if you look at a higher education institution, we help the student bridge to the real world.、Uh, in the real world, you may get a degree, but the degree doesn't guarantee you can apply the knowledge in a different context. And the second is you will have com- conflicting priori- priorities. <laughs> so most college and、uh, in business schools, the students have to get a good grade.、Uh, no argument about it. But at the same time, they need to build a network for the rest of their life. They also needed to find a job and then discover who they are, what kind of job they want to go. Basically, the students have multiple、uh, tasks, and sometimes they're competing for time and efficiency, and therefore.、Uh, 
it is a challenge for the student to ask themselves and educators to ask ourselves, what's a meaningful engagement we give to the student? And one of the important things ChatGPT doesn't do is provide you the accurate sourcing of the references. And therefore, the student need to apply their own knowledge. And I think that is the second degree of learning that we really wanted to emphasize. So really, um, what I believe, yes, uh, you may be cheating the system. <laughs> you may use this to save some time. And uh, by and large, uh, we will likely catch you, but on off chance, you might not be caught. Uh, but the real test is not the certification or the grades of your exam. The real test is when you enter the real world and has to apply those knowledge that you learned, can you actually use it? And that requires application and thinking skills. Mm-hmm. And those are the skills we're trying to actually deliver through these exams. I really like that. Yeah. Mm. I know you had some uh, thoughts a few minutes ago. <laughs> no, it's all right. We'll, we'll address it right after, <laughs> uh, later. later. Uh, but we do have some questions for you, Professor Lin, uh, right uh, after the break, because we do need to head into some messages. We want to ask you about, you know, how are you dealing with uh, issues like plagiarism or uh, catch students when they mm. actually use ChatGPT for their exams? Uh, so we are asking you, right, do you think students should be using ChatGPT in schools? Uh, so Some of you have written in, so number ending 1172 said, yes, chat GPT is necessary to be used at education and see how it can be used to complement the education system. That is... Yeah, mm, that is what a Professor Lin has been saying. Pretty much, yeah. We've got one here as well from Jimny. Uh, controversial. Uh, he says, <laughs> which I agree with, to assist in teaching, yes. But to substitute teachers altogether, no. Mm. Teachers will need to be more mentor-like to articulate and elaborate the subjects and to interpret the piece of information. By then, teachers will no longer just repeat the words. Mm. He then goes on to say, our current education is mainly copy-paste, which makes us no different from ChatGPT anyway. <laughs> LOL. His <laughs> words not mine <laughs> but uh i guess having like ac- the economic plan right the teaching yeah. plan I-, i think that is really new instead of just you know doing exercises on uh, in the school books like one plus two equals how much how much right we're actually teaching them real stuff mm. teachers have more time to think about all these things mm. i guess it's a complementary tool not so much of an a replacement yeah right all right uh so do share your thoughts with us do you think students should be using chat gpt in school reach us on whatsapp 018-789-8899 tweet us at bfm radio we've got some music from red hot chili pepper uh, with so to squeeze here on bfm 89.9 Beating Fickle Mindsets, BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Welcome back. You're listening to Enterprise Biz Bites with me, Lily Chai, and me, Rich Bradbury. Today, we are talking about is ChatGPT a teaching tool or an enemy? Because educators, they have very split opinions about this. And they're asking, you know, should educators adapt or resist technology. So we are here with Professor Cheng Yilin, who is an affiliate professor of of strategy at INSEAD, to talk to us about, you know, how teachers and how educators are reacting to ChatGPT and how it will technically change the education landscape. Uh, But before that, we are asking you, Do you think schools should use ChatGPT in general or students should they use ChatGPT? You can reach us on WhatsApp 018-789-8899 or you can also tweet us at BFM Radio. So 
number ending 5145 says, As a trainer, I use ChatGPT most of the time for my training, catchy li- titles, learning objectives, etc. Hmm? That's smart. <laughs> Using Catchy it, titles. You can, yeah. you can think of puns every day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's hard work when you're doing it every day, all day, every day, trying to write a headline or you know something yeah. that's catchy. It is difficult. Mm. Uh, we've also got another message from uh, Sai Yao Yang who says, like all tools, if they serve their purpose and they serve it well, use the tool to all its intended or unintended purposes. Uh, curiosity killed the cat, but satisfaction brought it back. Wow. Well done. <laughs> now, um, as really said, get in touch, zero. 018-789-8899 or Twitter. We're at BFM Radio. And of course, we still have the professor on the line. Professor, um, you, you briefly kind of mentioned it a, a moment ago, just in passing, but how are uh, professors and educators reacting to plagiarism, uh, plagiarism issues and encouraging more critical thinking? Uh, so I would, I would say it probably depends on multiple things. One is the, the content of your exam itself. So if the exam air a lot more around the knowledge itself, testing what's the pure knowledge you've gained, and we usually have that as a closed book exam, right? You might be able to bring in one piece of paper that outlined the equations you may not need to completely memorize, um, but we wanted to test how you can apply this knowledge to you know when to apply what kind of knowledge. And, and those book we can, uh, those exams, we can still make a closed book and that reduce the chance of students actually using ChatGPT. And then it becomes the more open-ended questions, the essay type of questions um, that we will have multiple uh, ways. For example, you can have it open book, but you can have it um, uh, close to internet, right? So students have no access to internet, or you can have it a completely open book and the student can take it home. Um, and I think ChatGPT hasn't get to the level that it can produce all the essays uh, uh, very accurately or at a higher level, right? So, so then it leaves the student um, to have the choice on how to use ChatGPT. So that's on the, the conduction of the exams. Now we come to the plagiarism checking. And unfortunately, a lot of the existing programs doesn't work that well on ChatGPT. Um, it is not that difficult <laughs> for a faculty member to, to kind of see some of the fingerprints coming out of ChatGPT, right? So what I mean by fingerprint sometimes is grammatic errors, uh, sometimes um, is um, the logic itself, the evidence itself, uh, the way you construct the sentences. Though it's not the definitive, but we can basically uh, on average see what is happening. Um, but it's an evolving field and that's what is exciting about it. And this is very similar to a few years ago when you have uh, LinkedIn knowledge, a lot of these uh, opinion pieces on, on TikTok, and that does challenge education. Basically, you're saying, hey, if knowledge is very ubiquitous, accessible, why do we still go to business school? And why do you actually pay the tuition, get the exam, and, and try to validate? And if you look at the overall success of the student, and that's where the value lies, is how to learn, how to apply, and how do you th- think... I, I, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. I, I think technical <laughs> issue. Right. Uh, so uh, the University of Minnesota, as we mentioned uh, during the first half of the show, is that uh, they were among the universities that experimented with ChatGPT uh, across several law exams, and ChatGPT actually got C plus. So, what do you have to say about all of this? 
Um, let me say a few things. <laughs> uh, number one, as I mentioned, it depends on the subject. Uh, on some of the disciplines, yes, we can anticipate ChatGPT will do well. And then there are some uh, schools are, are using it for like medical exams, and and, and it, it did fairly okay. Um, at INSEAD and Pushan also used ChatGPT to uh, for one of the microeconomic exams and didn't do quite well. <laughs> and and it really depends on the type of exam. Uh, we see a variation of the ChatGPT that may or may not give you sort of optimism or pessimism, <laughs> because we need to consider the development of technology. So I specialize in technology strategy and digital transformation, and what we've basically seen this as a pattern, especially for AI. AI um, behind AI is the engine, what we call machine learning. As you have different data, as the algorithm trains itself based on different type of data and the variation of data, higher quality data, the algorithm will improve, right? We basically seen the current version of ChatGPT is using static data up to 2021. Uh, and now when it's opening up, right, when Microsoft just announced it's going to incorporate ChatGPT into Bing, when it gets real-time data, when it's open to more wealth of data, the algorithm will improve. So the optimism towards the algorithm <laughs> or the fear for others will ultimately increase. Um, at the same time, as I mentioned, it is going to push us right, further to think about what is our relative role to the machines. I'll give you an, a, a very easy example. Medical field, it's a very important field with profound impact. right? On a normal basis, if you're going for a trivia exam, you would say, okay, fine. <laughs> if I don't know something, I can Google or I can be. But if you're in an emergency room, you wouldn't have the time when you're on an operating station to say, oh, by the way, I forgot what that is. Let me go back and ask ChatGPT. Yeah, <laughs> might be a little bit terrifying. <laughs> um, now, um, final question before we let you go then, Professor. And we actually had a, a, a message which relates to this from uh, Quan Zenyet, who says uh, he's a finance lecturer. He uses ChatGPT as an activity in class, and he asked students to find answers with ChatGPT and then asked them to critique it. He said that, you know, they were having fun. And you'd be surprised at how imperfect the answers can be. Mm. Uh, sometimes it just doesn't make sense, or the answer is a US context, or, or it's a little bit outdated. You know, you can type in uh, an essay question, the answer just kind of pops out instantly. Um, it's said that a lot of students who struggle with writing in elementary schools often continue to struggle with writing at every grade level. Do you think ChatGPT is able to change anything uh, within education? That's a great question. And I have both my children in, <laughs> in grade school and, and, and we're dealing with that and, and we're basically actually thinking, how do we engage them with technology? Um, let me make two points. Number one is the evolution and development of technology is probably not for anyone or even sort of um, a lot of the educators or regulators to stop. When pandemic hit, people all of a sudden realized the power of all of these technologies. Uh, but I wanted to caution because we tend to also be overly optimistic at that point. And I think we are at that point with ChatGPT. We basically say, oh, my God, it's going to replace it all. Uh, do we remember coming in the middle of a pandemic? We basically had a discussion. This will be the new normal. 
But now look at all of us. Twitter basically asked everyone to come back to office. And many of the uh, institutions said, well, don't come back to office. But people actually want to come back to set the boundary between life and work. And therefore, we cannot be overly optimistic about this as well. And therefore, I refer, we need to think about the interaction between human and machines, not the absolute human or machine as a human and machine exercise. Uh, so human can um, be supervising machine, the machine can aid human, and we need to be more sophisticated about it. Um, so that's sort of the, the number one is don't be overly ambitious, don't think replacement, uh, but do work in that uh, into your activities. And, and in grade school, we see great adoption of technology right now, right? Uh, so there is interactive boards at school. Students have sort of gamifications uh, in order for them to create or, or generate that interest to learn math, to learn physics, etc. And that is the exciting part. And the second point I, I, I wanted to make is basically say, we need to come back to the fundamentals. <laughs> What's the purpose of education? What's exciting about education? Uh, INSEAD is top business school. Uh, when I teach the MBA crowd, the first question I often ask them is, why do you come here? Right? You, yes, you're going to get a degree if you work hard. Uh, yes, we do give you frameworks. Yes, we do test you around exams. But ultimately, it is a place for you to reflect on who you are as a future leader and how do you actually go actively grab that knowledge. The knowledge changes all the time. Right. We teach them chat GPT maybe a few years down the road and there will be a, a shining new technology. Maybe we all live in metaverse. <laughs> There's a new set of knowledge that you need to learn. It's not the knowledge itself. It does matter. But more importantly, you've got to think about what you get out of it. On that note, thank you so much. That was Professor Cheng Yildin, who is an affiliate professor of strategy at INSEAD, talking to us about ChatGPT in education. I really like what he said about, you know, it all comes back to the purpose of education, mm -hmm. learning how to think and learning how to learn. Mm. And I love that part of, you know, memorizing. I'm, I don't like memorizing at all in school, but I can see the benefit of it about after you have memorized something, it becomes subconscious, right? And using that, you can go beyond. And, and I think that's the purpose of education, mm. innovation and innovating beyond what we have right now. I, I th the ability to call back on knowledge that you have learned, yep. I think is, is something that is very special. Mm. And if, if you're in a position where you no longer have to think, you no longer have to recall, that's when you become, you know, Sluggish. I yeah, think. absolutely. Yeah. You know, and critical thinking is, is such an important skill and is often very much neglected within certain education systems, right. you know, and it really does hold you back as a student, uh, mm. as a, a worker, and, and even as a country, mm. you know. Yeah, so uh, Casey, who wrote in, said, yes, of course, it's a knowledge tool. If it serves the intended in, uh, learning objectives, why not? Mm. Yep, why not? All right, uh, that's it for today's show. Thank you for uh, writing in, uh, those who have written in. Uh, but of course, you can listen back to the conversation on our website at bfm.my or the BFM app that is available on the Apple App Store and Google Play. Uh, but right after the 1pm news bulletin, we've got the Breakfast Group replay. So uh, who sat on the hot seat today is His Excellency Amir Salim Yuxel, who is Turkey's ambassador to Malaysia. So... 
He came to discuss the tra- uh, tragedy in Turkey and, and how Malaysians can help and the future of Malaysia-Turkey bilateral ties. So we'll be back next Monday, same place, same time. I'm Lily Chai with Rich Bradbury. And this has been Enterprise Biz Bites here on BFM 89.9. Have a good weekend, everybody. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app. 